Welcome to St. James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on January 15th, 2023. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. So a warm welcome to you all, especially if you're a visitor today, and a warm welcome to everybody at home. Uh, We celebrate Epiphany 2, our theme uh, of which Judas is going to reflect on is not business as usual, and looking at the prophets, and uh, as I've said a number of you, I feel one of the things the church hasn't uh, really done is take on uh, prophetic ministry, which was a key part of um, Jesus' ministry. And I think in in our world today, there is a real need for true prophetic ministry within the church and outside. So an understanding of uh, the prophets, I think, is absolutely crucial, that they're not just telling the future, but uh, they have a much bigger role. And hopefully I'll continue uh, on that uh, that, uh, theme And I feel in our world uh, um, that we do need, uh, in biblical terms, we do need to sing a new song, as it were. And as a community, we're going into a new stage um, where we're increasing use of our building and we need to uh, imagine and sing a new song. So that's really the theme of our service today. I'm really looking forward to to hearing what uh, Judas has to say later. So we start our service usually with a moment's quiet and the singing bowl will be rung. I'll light a candle, invite people at home to light their candles as a way of connecting all the churches that are happening in people's homes with uh, what we do this morning. So let's just have a moment's quiet to prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
seated for our song. You know, we're so fortunate to have such a treasury of poetry and songs handed down to us from the time of David in the Book of Psalms. Um, but I don't know if we really have a record of the tunes to which those psalms were sung. And so, um, for Psalm 40 this morning, um, I hope you'll forgive the indulgence of um, imagining how it might have been if Bono had been a member of the tribe of Levi. <laughs> I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to, your, to our God. May we see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. an offering you do not desire but my ears you have opened burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not require then I said here I am I have come it is written about me in the scroll I desire to do your will my God your law is within my heart I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me.
as in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Um, so here is a reading from the prophet Isaiah, who says in Isaiah, we read it in Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands, pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. 
glory to Christ our Savior. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he explained, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon, and one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the gospel, good news for all. Shall we pray? We ask this morning, God, that you will be with us as we listen to your word. And we especially ask that you would speak to each one of us the words that each one of us needs to hear. Amen. So, here we are, three Sundays into the new year, halfway through January, and time's moving on, and I'm already realizing that I failed to keep all my New Year resolutions, uh, which have completely fallen by the wayside. Uh, and I'm not going to list my resolutions, because that would really be embarrassing, but they're mostly to do with taking more exercise. <laughs> but it's the beginning of a year's a good time, isn't it, to take stock and we did that last Sunday when Sally encouraged us to make a Venn diagram of our lives. And that was the result, they resulted in some of these stars that are up on the walls. And encouraging us perhaps to place at the center of the Venn diagram our hope, each one of us, for the future. Well, I think this morning the passages we've read are a challenge to us. And the challenge is, could we live more prophetically? both individually and as a community. Could we decide that from now on, it's not going to be business as usual? So we've got three prophets in the readings today, Isaiah, 
or whoever it was that wrote the second half of Isaiah, John and Jesus. And when we think of prophets, we do think, don't we, of, of Isaiah and John, the stereotype, someone living in a desert, eating locusts and not wearing very much, and saying uncomfortable thin, sing, things about sin and repentance. And of course, foretelling, and we remember all those amazing prophecies that are in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus. But perhaps you've never thought of Jesus as a prophet. A writer in the Daily Richard Raw online posts wrote recently that he's traveled the world, found numerous churches called Christ the King, but never ever found a church called Christ the Prophet. And he does ask if it's perhaps we're a bit fearful of prophecy, because business as usual can be a lot easier to deal with than trying to think about radical change. But seeing Jesus as a prophet means we begin to see that to live prophetically as individuals and as a community means living dynamically, deciding never to accept a circumscribed existence, always seeing the potential, the upward move, the willingness to have hope, to take that step of faith, to run with the ball, to pronounce with complete certainty that good will overcome evil. So if you open the Bible to almost anything that Jesus said, you'll see that it's prophetic. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Be clean from your leprosy. Be healed from your blindness. Be forgiven for your sins. Today, you will be with me in paradise. There's not a hint of doubt in these words of Jesus. They are full of energy, and dare I say it, certainty. And they speak into people's lives. They speak truth. Because Jesus always sees the underlying truth. Truth that has been submerged under the heavy weight of negative perception. And so Jesus says to Peter, You are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas. Peter, he looks at this man and he knows Peter's very essence. Jesus sees the big picture, the big picture of who Jesus is. And you know, it's not a know-it-all pronouncement, a dictatorial sort of, I'm the master and you're the servant directive, but words of courage and hope. Jesus trusts that God is there and involved with every single circumstance, every moment of existence. God isn't standing up there in heaven with history already sorted. God's here with us today now, in this second, dynamically involved by his spirit in everything. Jesus always speaks to the now. Simon, you are Peter. The mystic and theologian Howard Thurman wrote, <clears throat> always when I'm in the presence of an event, I am caught in an encounter with a series of potentials that spread out in the widest possible directions and with the most amazing variety of variation. So, if I'm alert and I seek to deal with events, not in terms of merely what it says and what it looks like, 
But in terms of what seems to me to be the dynamics of the event, the potential, in terms of what seems to me the dynamics of the event, the potentials of the event. And so I wonder when Jesus looks at Peter, he sees potential, he sees the best in this man. And he speaks with love and hope and courage to build Peter to be always who he was meant to be. Jesus knows that God is actively involved in the life of Peter, in the lives of all of us. So there are always new and exciting dynamic possibilities. Well, of course, we all know that prophecy can be misinterpreted. And many of us will be able to remember an incident where prophecy has been spoken on over someone and it's gone horribly wrong. <clears throat> we have a friend who was told who she should marry and the marriage was a disaster. But think about the teachings of Jesus. Can you imagine him going to someone and telling them who they should marry? No, Jesus tells people to get up and walk, take off their blindfold, be healed. And I'm wondering if it's maybe not what to do, but how to do it. Not what to do, but how to do it. Which is why Jesus' words are about seeing, about being able to walk, about being healed, about being free of disease, about being alive, about being forgiven, <clears throat> about being free of sin and redeemed. <clears throat> so, of course, this brings us to metaphor. Read further on in John, in chapter, John chapter 4, and we read these words of Jesus. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. <clears throat> Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Can you hear the excitement here? Can you hear the hope? Can you hear the thrill? What is Jesus talking about? In a nutshell, it's words of encouragement, a vision of now, a vision of the future. Open your eyes and look at the fields, the repetition of the words even now. Prophecy speaking to the here and now, to the society and the culture in which we live in here and now. And it doesn't occur to us, of course it doesn't, to think that Jesus is talking about a literal harvest. Prophets use image and metaphor. We need to reclaim our imaginations, to open our ears and our minds and go beyond our rational minds. Last summer, last August, we went to Norway, a fabulous country. I urge you to go, and if you want to know more about it, come to me afterwards, because I can talk for hours about Norway, because I think it's the most fabulous place on earth. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm dying to go back, Geoffrey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> On the train journey between Bergen and Oslo, the train passes through hundreds of tunnels. As you sit looking through the window, suddenly you come out of a tunnel and the most extraordinary vistas open up. Deep valleys, snow-capped mountains, great lakes and fjords, ice-blue glaciers coming down into vast, rocky, barren plains. And then you're in another tunnel. 
And I think that maybe being prophetic is having the imagination to believe that even when you can't see the mountains and the fjords because you're in a tunnel, they're still there. It is possible to sit in the train and imagine what you can't see. And of course, it's not based on blind faith because occasionally the train has come out of the tunnel and you have seen beauty beyond words. And of course, the view through the window is always changing dynamic, full of promise. So what about you and me in all of this? And I'm wondering whether you're saying to yourself at the moment, okay, this is me you're talking to. The very definition of my life is to keep things safe, not overstep boundaries, never take a risk. After all, if I keep my expectations to a minimum, I'm never disappointed. So, Looking at the passage in Isaiah, the poetry and the metaphor is so rich. But it's the sense of being called that is so extraordinary, of believing that God is involved, of having the courage to shout to the islands and the distant nations, this is the vision, that the restoration of the tribes of Jacob is too small, too narrow, too circumscribed. The message of God is so much bigger The message must be taken to the Gentiles, to the ends of the earth. And I think it's extraordinary that that the writer at this time should even think in those sorts of terms. But the speaker isn't just on a high. They write, But said I, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength and for nothing. So even the greatest of prophets can feel that it's all for nothing. That sense we all get when we've brought everything to a situation, our prayers, our wisdom, our passion, our compassion, and still it seems that everything's stuck, like that train getting stuck in the tunnel and there isn't even any hope of a light at the end. Because the important thing to remember is, of course, that it's not up to you and it's not up to me. Isaiah writes, yet what is due me is in the Lord's hands and surely this is where the confidence of the prophet is found. It is in the knowledge that in the end the responsibility is not with the prophet but with God. So you can think in terms of hope and vision And you can look with your imagination at the problems and imagine great changes. And in the end, realize that you can leave it all up to God. So, in the end, why not take more risks? Isaiah and John and Jesus took risks. And with them, it was never business as usual. Your own life. Do you see it stretching ahead? No real problems, but maybe no real change. What about bringing some prophetic energy to it? The what if of hope. To dare to look to the months ahead, knowing, as Isaiah knew, that before you were born, the Lord called you. That he made your mouth like a sharpened sword and made you into a polished arrow that he formed you in the womb to be his servant. And so I challenge you, can you be the one who speaks hope 
and healing and potential to your friends? Can you be the one who looks at a friend and says, the way you see yourself, that you're a failure, that you're a mess, that, that <coughs> that's not the truth about you. You are beautiful. You have all these gifts and so much more to offer the world. And what about our church? Can we go for it? Can we sing a new song? Can we take risks to be the church that is prophetic in our community, to speak truth to power and ask for changes where there is no justice? We can't know what the future holds, but we can approach it with hope and the truth of God in our hearts. We can have imaginations that see doves descending and beauty where others only see ugliness. Even Andrew, the disciple, had the courage to tell his brother, I have seen the Messiah. And if that isn't a prophetic word, then I don't know what is. In Numbers 11, Moses says, would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that God would put God's spirit in them. <clears throat> so let's all believe that God is putting his spirit on us and we are all prophets. Let's take risks and decide that this year it won't be business as usual. But this year, you and I and our church are going to live prophetically. Remembering that God is always actively involved. A dynamic presence. Nothing is fixed. Nothing is finished. Nothing is complete. It's all up for grabs. So let's together sing a new song. Amen. Well, I can honestly say that there was no communication between Judith and myself prior to our service today. And I had no idea she was going to mention Howard Thurman. Uh, but I would like to use a poem written by him um, as a framework for our intercessions. It's called, Now the Work of Christmas Begins. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with the flocks, then the work of Christmas begins to heal those broken in spirit, to feed the hungry, to release the oppressed, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all peoples, to make a little music and to radiate the light of Christ in all we do and say. And so we pray, heal those broken in spirit. Loving God, we pray for those who are brokenhearted or who are grieving the loss of a loved one. For those who are isolated, depressed, 
or alone, and for those whose lives feel empty. We pray for those struggling with ill health and for those who are caring for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Feed the hungry. Faithful God, we pray for everyone who is hungry today. For those living in countries where there is famine, and for those who live closer to home in our local communities. And with the rise in the cost of living, we pray for those who are feeling anxious about how they will manage, and for those who are struggling to heat their homes and keep warm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Release the oppressed. Almighty God, we pray for world leaders, for all who give orders and have influence over other people. We pray that all peoples will be led justly and with sensitivity. Help us to play our part wherever we can. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rebuild the nations and bring peace among all peoples. Creator God, we pray for those countries that are being torn apart by war and conflict. We ask you to bring about change that would lead to peace and restoration. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Make a little music and radiate light. Merciful God, we pray that we may live more prophetically, that we might be music makers who sing a new song, love producers, peace givers, truth speakers, hope bringers and light bearers in the darkness of this world. Father and Mother God, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The living bread is broken for the life of the world. Broken things for broken people. 
holy things for holy Loving God, we thank you for feeding us and for connecting one another to each other in Christ. And we pray 
that we would hear a new song individually and as a community if we are stuck in any way if we have been crying out how long, how long give us a new song to sing and lead us on that journey so that we are able to sing that new song. And as the Bible says, Christ has come to set us free. Liberate us individually and as a community so that we may liberate others. Amen. Amen.